The Guardian has partnered with audible.co.uk to offer listeners a free audiobook when you sign up for a one-month, no-commitment trial of the Audible service. Audible has over 50,000 audiobook titles available to download. Go to guardian.co.uk slash audible for further details. The Guardian. We thought, okay, you want to financially hurt us, we'll financially hurt you by burning down buildings. We enjoyed it. I, I felt no guilt, nothing. I know it's only one less police car, but I know when they come back, just seeing their faces. I would love to have seen their faces, to be honest with you. I've seen my friends get beaten up in front of me by the police officer. But what can you do? You can't turn around and say, I'm going to write a statement. I love this country. However, I hate the people who run it. David Cameron's never experienced a day on the streets or a day just jobless or being on job seekers. All week, The Guardian has been revealing findings from conversations like these with people who took part in the rioting during the summer. One of the findings was that only half of the rioters spoken to felt they were part of British society. I was interested to learn if this view was shared by other young people. This week's Focus podcast will be a little different because we're going to devote our time talking to five young Londoners. How did they view the riots? How do they view their futures? Are we, as some have said, facing a lost generation? My journey starts here at Live magazine in Brixton. Live is a magazine created by young people for young people. I was starting with the regulars. Um, Celeste, our um, editor, she always starts with an editor. And it tells this is Shanice. She's 16 years old and an editorial assistant on the magazine. Just to up what the whole magazine is about. And what's on the front with that one? Um, the front of this one is really... That's what we're doing. The future for our generation. Yeah. Well, not our generation, your yeah. generation. It's, it's, it's very professional, isn't it? Yeah. It's very well put together. It's very bright, lots of pictures. So what was your article in here about? Um, it was basically, I went to Overhouse and they did the thing on Give Me a Voice Not a Label and I did the write-up. That's good. You say here, after the recent misrepresentation of youth culture in the media, it was the perfect time for London's Truth About Youth project. Yeah, because um, of the riots and how they were saying it was just like mainly young black people mm. as usual. What did you take from that? I mean, they said it was people were saying it was all yeah. black people. There were a lot of black people there, but it wasn't yeah. all black people, was it? Yeah, I thought it was mostly, like, I think it was racism, because I'm thinking, like, everything is always black youth, black youth, black youth. But then again, in the this time round, in the riots, it wasn't just young black youth. You had Asians there, you had Chinese, you had the majority of ethnic backgrounds there. But, it, oh, again, it's only mainly black youth is getting pointed to that. And I think that's all that as well. That's what builds up anger between young people because if you're going to point at, at me as a black person saying, oh, it's just us, it's just us all the time, I would get angry. Mm. What did you think about the riots? What, what was your feeling when the riots were happening? Um, my feeling, well, I had a lot of feelings. I was thinking, first I said, okay, my first, I have to be honest now, I think it was, I was thinking, okay, good, the riots happened because... Maybe it's a way for the government to see that the young people are not really joking about what exactly they want. I believe, personally, the riots happen because the government, they they don't listen to what the young people want. They don't have social contact with what the young people also want, again. They don't actually, they don't 
they can't they don't talk with the young people to see what they want in they want to do in their community that's what i thought when it first started but when i fin- when i finished and i realized that there was no point because you just ruined the shops where you live you just ruin your community and that's not exactly the way of doing things if you're going if you want to put your point across put it in word or do it like a video something consent to whoever you're sending it to maybe you'll get get away maybe you'll go around the situation more better than actually doing the crime you know what i mean do people think they've got a future do people see themselves as having a future i've been in both situations before like six months ago i thought i never had a future what changed um basically i came here i was like not going to tell you exactly inside i'm just gonna like should i tell you exactly i got kicked out of school and then i just thought nothing else to do what am I going to do? So my key worker, he referred me to her. And since I've been here, I've realised that going, making trouble is not the way, really. So it's better like you do something with your life. And then last year, December, I got back in school and I'd done my GCSEs. I got like, really good grades. And I just thought, after that, I thought, even though I got kicked out of school, it's up to you as that young person to know where you want to go. If you don't know where you want to go, then you're like obviously you're not gonna your fu- there's not gonna be a future for you because you don't know what you want to do and you don't have that ability to move on and step forward. One glaring issue arising from the Guardian's research was that people cited poor relations with the police as one factor that led to the disorder. One key element for them was the controversial practice of stop and search. The other day, um, police they came to my house for a situation that was in going on in my family and at the present moment when they, they were called they the man stood on the wall and was laughing at the, my cousin basically my house i thought okay that's just disrespectful you're in somebody's house they called you for must they must have called you for a reason but the man told my cousin that he that um, he wasted their time and then they went and obviously it took something to happen for them to come back and then when he came back he was totally different and I'm thinking okay you didn't really care in the first place so I'm thinking where is your respect that's and then I was personally relating to them that's how they lose respect from young people I'm in the boardroom now of uh, Live Magazine and it's a big airy room, big windows and stripped floors and I'm with Andre. Uh, Andre, what do you do? Um, I am the art director for Live Magazine. So I basically control everything that you can see visually from the artwork to the photography. Yeah, so I've got the most recent Live Magazine here. And yeah, one thing that we wanted to do for this issue is go through a little bit of a redesign. Um, So here you have like a wall um, and you just have like an article on there, just trying to be creative. We've had an article on the right here and uh, we, we felt that this issue was very dark um, in terms of what we were talking about. So um, there is a lot of illustration, there's loads of bright colours. It kind of makes something that seems to be a dark subject quite easy to read rather than it being very heavy. Um, the riots must have been a big subject for you. I can see you, you've got uh, an edition there, Live Explores the Future for Our Generation. What did the, uh, the riots tell you about that future? Me, I think different. So I thought it was quite quite exciting what the future kind of holds to me because I was in the middle of it. I was in the middle of the Tottenham, right? So I wasn't there participating, but I was in a play. Um, when I came out, I just saw buildings on fire. I was very confused. But what I've realised through those riots is that young people put down their rivalries and came together and had one motive. Now, that motive wasn't a good one, but 
you can see that people were actually cooperating and people actually had something to achieve, which I felt was in, in that, that riots wasn't a good thing, but the, what actually happened, it was, it, was, it was a beautiful thing. So I think me personally, I was thinking it would be nice if you could see young people getting together for all places and just creating something so rather than being destructive, being creative. I don't know when I actually got the idea. I think I probably got the idea later on when we had to leave our buildings just because a 14-year-old was in Brixton and it looked a bit suspicious and the whole of Brixton was shut down. I'm thinking like young people actually carry power, but it's because that power hasn't been utilised in any sort of way. It just comes up through violence. So I was like, okay, what if we reverse that and something amazing could happen, definitely. That was then. You've had all this time to think about it. Where do you think we are now? Uh, that's the thing we're in a we're in a sticky situation because we're kind of going back to how it normally has been and one thing that scares me is that you can't necessarily go back to the way it has been because that rage and that suppression is just going to bubble up again so what you want to do is like build more opportunities for kids and say listen okay so this has happened let's see what's happening see what's happening inside of you and kind of build platforms for you and some people say if you're that angry then you know go into politics or, or go on demonstrations do people not feel that there are ways to be able to make their voices heard other than that kind of destructive uh, violence that we saw in the summer i mean do you feel connected enough to be able to use the mechanisms that there are the only way that i feel a lot of people i know know how to react to things is through music or through any kind of artistic um, thing that they do and we've been we, there have been groups that have been trying to say like can you please stop gun crime but obviously the government can't stop it right there and then but um, you have to understand that like people get robbed every day people get stabbed every day people get um, shot every day people get raped every day it happens all the time but it's in places where you don't see it but it's because that anger and that violence hit the high streets that's when the government said oh this is a problem but it's been happening for years so um, I yeah, I mean, the whole thing with like protesting, it looks good, but I don't know what difference that makes because I've seen many protests and nothing's happened. There's kind of a disconnect between the government and young people. And there's no, I, I think it does have a lot to do with money. Money, we, we might shy away from it. I don't mean being rich. I just mean having enough to feed yourself, having enough to um, go to college and back without thinking that you've spent so much money. Um, just those kind of, little things that could just get someone upset i mean like when i was going to college i was getting very upset because i was spending so much money um on lunch on just going up and down and my mother like um because i was reached a certain age and i didn't have a job benefits taken away from her so it was like it was a bit of a sticky situation but obviously even though we tried to shy away from money money is like a, it's a source thing because it helps you survive that's all right are you prepared to work for that Better yeah, life. Definitely. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on um, just having everything handed to me on a plate. I'm a person that I love to work. Life can be tough for young people with unemployment figures rising, welfare being cut, and the hike in university fees deterring many from further education. There's a sharp edge to poverty that few of us get to see. Yeah, I'm about to cook dinner for my daughter. Make some lamb chops. She's free. She just turned three in October. Tell me about the flat. Is it the, is it a council flat? It's homeless. I think it's Housing Association. This is Janelle, a 22-year-old mother at home in East they London. Brought me here. They've moved me around quite a bit because um, um, my mum was incarcerated for a little while. So while she was incarcerated, I had to leave home 
find somewhere to stay and then they brought me back to you know the area i grew up in basically how long were you homeless um about a year i was about 18 when i was homeless yeah um, my mum was incarcerated and my dad was really ill my dad passed from the cancer so it was a bit difficult but yeah they brought me here so i'm kind of happy so you've had a rough time of it but uh tell me about your life now are, are you content you know uh no i'm not I, there's so much i'd rather be doing like i'm studying at the moment to be a pediatric nurse and it's really really difficult i really wish that it was easier like it's hard with my daughter and finding work and financial stuff like it's really difficult budgeting do you know what i mean with the cost of everything going up it's really difficult and people talk, have been talking a lot this week about you know young people feeling alienated not really feeling part of, of, society. of society do you feel like that yeah i do i feel like no one cares about young people and I'm not even young I'm 22 now I'll be 23 in July but I don't think no one cares about the youth no one cares what they do how they're coping with things who's asking them you know what's going on a lot of those children a lot of teenagers have stories they have stories they have stories that can change other teenagers life to probably motivate them to do something better do you know what I mean but nobody asks them and that is the god of honest truth because I grew up on the streets do you know what I'm saying? And I know for a fact, nobody asked me what I was feeling. Nobody asked me what was going on. Do you get what I'm saying? For a long period of my life, no one knew what was going on. It's when I got to like college, I started speaking to people about abuse that had gone on in my home and stuff like that. No one knew. There was no one that asked. When you saw all the trouble there was in the summer, were you surprised? No, not at all. I'm surprised it, it didn't happen before, to be honest. People are tired, people, you know, because I was there, I witnessed a lot of what happened and it wasn't just youths, there was adults there, people probably my mum's age, taking stuff because they couldn't afford it. Like, I don't think people, I don't think everybody was stealing because they were trying to be greedy. Some people were stealing because they needed stuff. I've got friends who steal milk, like milk for their babies because they've taken away the tokens, the um, milk tokens and stuff. So it's getting really hard, definitely. I want to be with my daughter's father. I don't want to be like these girls who are with different guys and have children all over the place. I want to be with my daughter's father. I want to have kids with him. I want to get married. I don't want to have to, like, for instance, he can't live with me. From, from, from when we've had our daughter, he can't live with me because if he does, everything will get chopped down and he don't even get money. He's on JSA and he doesn't get money. I can't even begin to explain how difficult it is. It could, if I wasn't a strong person, it would reduce me to tears because it upsets me that I have to limit what my daughter can have. Like, she can't have nice stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? If I'm buying her stuff, she has to have stuff that's a, a little bit cheaper. I have to go into bargain shops because I have to save money. Before you know it, I'm in Asda looking at my money saying, oh, boss, can you put that back, please? Because I can't afford that. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. I'm not begging the government for money. I'm not saying you have to give us money. I'm saying support us so that we can prosper and do something for this country. What happened to England? What happened? I used to love this country. A lot of talk this week about the relationship between young people and the police. And what's your take on that? I think the police don't give a shit about young people. Excuse my French, but I think they just think we're all the same. We're all the same. They don't even know where we've come from. Like, for instance, I'm a mum now. If a police officer had stopped me in 2007, there was a lot of negativity going on in my life. But not one of them would say, hmm, why are you on the streets behaving this way? 
They wouldn't ask me, not knowing that in my household, I was being sexually abused. I couldn't tell nobody, do you know what I'm saying? Not knowing that I had to go out and fend for myself because my mum barely had enough money to feed me and my brother. She probably had to degrade herself a bit to get money, do you know what I'm saying? And got herself into trouble for it. That's unfair, I'm sorry. Like, that's why a lot of teenagers, you know, get into selling drugs because they don't like seeing their parents suffer or their mum suffer. They're like, no, my mum shouldn't have to go and beg for a crisis loan. I should be able to give that to her. So let me get involved with drugs, which is what puts a lot of the teenagers in jail. They don't do it because they're greedy and they just want money. They do it because they're tired of seeing their loved ones suffer. What about when you watch the television and you see the sort of wealth that's on there and you see the people, sort of houses that people are living, the sort of lives that people live in? Do you think that, yeah, that's me, I'm in the same society as them? No, I think the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. That's it. I don't. I, I see the rich people up there and I don't see them looking to see how we're doing. We just make do with what we've got. And do you, do you ever see that changing? Do, no. do, you, do you have any hope? No, no, not at all. You must have something to pass on to your, to your daughter. No. If I'm being honest, no. I'm going to just tell her to deal with life however it comes her way and trust in God. There's no... no nothing on earth is worth getting yourself stressed over, to be honest. If I'm here for the rest of my life, then I tried, didn't it? That's the best I can do. I next went to meet Marksy, a university graduate and DJ. Marksy's 23 years old and she works at Eclectic Productions, a community media company based across the river in New Cross. Young people don't feel like they're being heard. Because they're young, people, people think that they don't know anything or they feel that they don't matter. The fact that the things with tuition fees, the fact that a lot of youth, you know, organisations, a lot, a lot of money has been taken from them. So they feel that, you know, well, we know what we're going to do. We're going to get our money back. We're going to steal a bunch of TVs or steal a bunch of clothes to, you know, to feel that, you know, we're getting, we're getting something out of it. Because they feel that some, so much is being taken away from them that they feel they, they want to get something back. I don't think there's much remorse in it, I think people still are still adamant and still feel that they're right. They were right in what they did. I just feel that they they still feel quite justified in what they did. Of course, the way that we try to change things uh, is politics. Do you have an interest in politics? Do you see yourself not maybe getting personally involved, but getting involved in the political process? Because a lot of young people don't seem to do that. I'm going to be honest with you, no. Because again, you know, we're, we're in my eyes. I think we're under a government that. I think they've forgotten their young people. They don't realise that the young people actually are the future. You know, taking away so many, so much money from them. Why would I want to work for a government or be a part of a government that's forgotten about my generation? The way to get this government out of office is to elect another government, but I suppose that's difficult for young people if they don't get involved in the process at all. Do you see any sign that young people are interested in politics even? I think the riots have sparked a lot of issues surrounding young people. And I think a, a lot of young people kind of... It's, even young people that weren't involved, I think it's kind of opening a lot of their eyes now and thinking, why well, has this happened? Maybe there is something that the government's doing wrong. What can we do about it? I think, those are the, I think those are some of the questions that young people are asking at the moment. And are people... Do you, get a, do you feel that people have a sense of what's going on in the world? I mean, we are in the middle here of a financial crisis... And, you know, one of the reasons for that is, you know, things that happened in America uh, in terms of mortgages. There's a lot of stories about bankers taking big bonuses, um, whereby people in communities that 
were involved in the riots will say, you know, they're getting huge bonuses. We don't have anything. Do people make that comparison? I think people need to give young people a bit more credit um, than they get because, you know, you've got things like EMA that's been that's going to get taken away. And I think when it affects them personally, that's when it kind of opens their eyes and they realise, wow, OK, we are actually in a financial crisis. There is something actually wrong here. You're locked into Revolution with Tariq. This is Revolution on Represent 107.3 FM. They say God save the Queen, Britannia rules the waves. Represent FM is a community radio station in Peckham, one of the places most affected by the riots. I've come to meet Tarek. He's a 17-year-old presenter of his own hip-hop show, Revolution. Tears stain the cheek when privilege is threatened. The fear reigns supreme where bankers are earning from burning and looting. The nervous are shooting to search for solutions. So that's low-key with uh, his song about the riots. I'm here in the Represent studios where I think you were actually broadcasting Tarek while the riots were going on in the high street, weren't you? When the riots finally came to Peckham after that weekend it started, it was uh, Monday the 8th of August and I was preparing for my show. It was about 6pm, so I was preparing for my show and um, at the same time watching uh, footage on on BBC News of Peckham High Street on fire and shops being smashed up there. So yeah, it was quite um, distressing to see that in my own area. And you're in Peckham, of Peckham. It must be very difficult for you. It must be very difficult for you to get come to terms with what happened. Yeah, I never thought um, a community like Peckham. Peckham's got quite a community spirit. I didn't think that it would stoop so low as to uh, smashing up. As for as for people from the area to smash up their own area. This is Revolution on Represent 107.3 FM. I'll tell you what's not a revolution, though. Going into McDonald's... Frying some burgers and smashing the place up. That is not a revolution, that is a riot. We've got DJ Dodger, drum and bass DJ. Wow, what I was witnessing was what was sickening to the eye. For the simple fact that I'm seeing people losing businesses and all of their personal possessions and I'm struggling to find a correlation between a peaceful protest and what we're seeing. I know that there are uh, a lot of people that feel they had legitimate reasons like frustrations against... Uh, unequal stop and search or um, what happened to Mark Duggan in Tottenham. But I do believe that a large number of people that were looting and rioting were doing it just through opportunism. You're right, bang within the age group of uh, people who were out there. Do you not feel a connection with them? And, and do you not agree with some of the things they say about society? One of the things they say is that we feel really alienated. And so it wasn't really much of, uh, it wasn't really difficult for us to do what we did because we feel alienated anyway. I don't think that's an excuse to um, smash up independent businesses and uh, stores of, of people who don't have enough, you know, Peckham's quite a deprived area, people that are really struggling to support these businesses, people from that same area that may even see that business owner every day on the street. It's really distasteful and quite heartbreaking to see them smashing up that same shop. Now you've got a show, it's a hip-hop show. How does what happened impact upon that? Is it impacting upon the music? Most of my listeners are quite anti-police. Uh, the nature of conscious social political hip-hop is, is to be quite negative and, and to discuss frustrations about the world and stuff. And uh, a lot of my listeners were initially thinking, you know, 
rise up against the police. This is a revolution. It was it was quite hard to see tweets and Facebook posts about that coming into my show because I didn't agree with what they were saying. Mm. So um, yeah, it was, it was quite difficult to uh, have such a opposing view to my own listeners. Did you feel that you could give any um, impression of that on air? Or do you think that was something that you better keep to yourself? No, I am one of one of the artists. I used to promote his music, and he was saying very controversial things on on uh, on Facebook, like you know, smash up the shops, and you know this was going to happen for a long time, and and burn down the police stations. And I supported him quite a bit, and a lot of his friends I also supported. Uh, the underground hip hop scene is quite close knit. Since I stopped supporting them, I lost a lot of listeners. I lost the support of a lot of artists. And um, I'm pretty happy that I did. I'm interested in a bit in, in your worldview because obviously uh, a lot of hip hop is very political, but then, you know, we do have uh, a political structure as well. Do you or do the people who listen to your show feel they can get involved in politics as we know it? I think a lot of people that listen to my show are very frustrated that our leading politicians, but at the same time feel that they can make a difference through things like protesting and and uh, part of the revolution, why it's called revolution, is because it's to promote music of social and political uh, focuses that won't usually get into the mainstream. And I feel myself and a lot of my listeners and a lot, and a lot of other people feel that by putting support into this kind of music and getting it into the mainstream, that is a revolution mm. and, and that will make political change through music. So it's politics of a kind, but you know, if there were an election tomorrow would you vote and do you think most of your listeners would vote i would vote um i would be criticized by my listeners for voting because uh, according to a lot of them um the leading parties are all the same and I w- it wouldn't be making much of a difference but if it is going to make some difference then that is why i would be doing it there are differences. I believe there are differences. They may be small between the leading parties. And yeah, I'd like to make that small difference by voting. A lot of my listeners just wouldn't vote at all. The nervous are shooting, search for solutions. I shed a tear for the father in Birmingham. Quick swerve for the car and it murdered him in Tottenham. The apartments were burning and nobody came. Just arson and circling all when it be down. That's just five young people. And the thing that strikes me about Marxy, Tarek, Andre, Shanice and Janelle, is that they were all articulate, all keen to talk about their lives, all had a certain spirit. All very different in their way, but they had one thing in common. All said, you don't know what we think, because nobody asks. Well, we asked, and we should keep on asking. There are positives here. Shame it took a riot. That's it for our Focus podcast this week. I'm Hugh Muir. The producer was Peter Sale. Thank you for listening and goodbye. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.